0: In today's show, it's the first buy low or sell high show, whatever you want to do. It's both of them, actually. For the season, we look at players who are underperforming, players who are overperforming, including a certain point guard in Denver, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. I don't know why I sounded so with him, boy. Brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedrockBeeball and on Instagram. At Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Betonline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. It's time to do buy lows and sell highs, and the season is only a week old. I'm aware of that. But that doesn't and you'll sit there and go, Josh, no one's trading away their picks. No one's doing this. No one's doing this. But let me assure you sensible fantasy manager you might not be your league might not be but others are other leagues are insane other managers can be insane listeners or viewers of this show can have the tendency to be i'm sorry guys you need to hear it insane so i'm just here to show you or to discuss guys that are underperforming you might not be able to get them for a buy low you might not be able to execute a sell high that is perfectly reasonable right you try it if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen but I'm going through some guys who are overperforming what I think they're going to do, underperforming, why they are doing that. And then what you do with it, you either write it out and you go, that's great. Or you make a move. Now, the common question is, who do I trade this person for? That's not for me to tell you. I can't sit here and go, you trade this person for this person. That's just not how it works. I'll give you ideas of ranges of where players should end up and what things you should try and accept and all that sort of stuff. But I can't sit here and go trade this guy for this guy. That's not how fantasy works. A one-size-fits-all approach to a specific trade doesn't work. Like it, it just won't, and it's going to be unsuccessful the majority of the time, and it's a waste of everyone's time to produce, here's an option that you trade this person for. So just clearing all that stuff up now, because I know that question will be there. Who do I trade this guy for? What do I get in return? You have to sort of look at where the guys sit, and then you work your league. You figure out how people are valuing it and it might not mean anything to you. But it also might be some reassurance that, hey, this guy's not going to be this bad. The reason he's struggling are these things. And he's going to improve. Whew, I've got him. That's a relief. Or, you know, whew, man, this I'm in a real you know, lucky stretch here. This guy's going crazy. I'm, I'm going to be prepared for a downturn. Off topic, but not off topic. I think, yeah, is this a rant? It's not really a rant. It's more just a discussion, right? About the way that we consume... Fantasy basketball content or, or read stuff. Not, not that's, it's, that's incorrect. It makes me feel like I'm saying something different. I'm not. But we see things in the media. We see things on social media. We see things on Reddit. And it really does, and I've said this before, highlight the big performances. You all know that Anthony Simons dropped 22 points in a quarter yesterday and had 29 points overall. So therefore, everyone's talking him up. Man, Simon's going crazy. What a, what a performance. Um, you know, there's the, the, the threads posted on Reddit all aboard the hype train. Yes, we knew this would happen. Wow, I can't believe you all got him for a steal at pick 100, pick 90. That's a steal. This guy's going to blow up. He's amazing. When literally 24 hours before this game, he had 12 points on 29% shooting. He's the 105th ranked player this season. He went crazy for one quarter. And it was an amazing quarter. It was a brilliant quarter. It was fantastic. It does not portend that he now scores 30 points every single night, that he is now this massive steal and is a top 30 player. That doesn't rule it out, but it doesn't tell you that. Our memories or our focus on big performances, rightfully so, because they're really fun. But when we're trying to analyze, and analyze things for fantasy, literally 24 hours before this game, he had 12 points on 29% shooting. He is the 105th ranked player in fantasy this season, Anthony Simons. Like, before we start jumping on him, like, this was a one-quarter performance surrounded by 11 other quarters of mediocrity. But the focus is on, wow, that's awesome. You yeah, know, he's he's so great. He's going to dominate. He's going to cook. He does this all the time. How dare anyone doubt him. And um, It happens everywhere, right? So... Just be aware of the way that you have have a memory is what I'm trying to say. Try, not to tear the, not to tear the guy down. swear not. It was awesome. We loved it. If you had Anthony Simon, you'd love that performance. But just don't forget what happened 24 hours earlier or the game before where he's been struggling a little bit, right? He struggled all through preseason. He's been okay. Like 105th is exactly around the value where you drafted him. And he's provided exactly that same value. Now, I think he's going to be better than that. I think he's going to push inside the top 100 a bit, but he might not. And yesterday's one-quarter explosion does not mean that he will. It does not mean that you got a steal of the draft by getting him in round nine. It doesn't mean any of that. Because if I looked 24 hours earlier, I said, man, what a waste of a ninth-round pick. This is the 180th best player. What am I doing? This is stupid. I could have had KCP at that spot, All right? This things changed so quickly. But the highlight culture, social media highlights can really skew our opinions if we don't actually think or dig in. I hope all of that makes sense. I didn't want it to sound preachy or anything, and it doesn't I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on people's parades, but it is important that we view that in fantasy. Because it's not just like we don't play fantasy and go, let's just take the best game that everyone plays. Like that's just not how it works. And anyway, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> The headmaster, it's been a slow start for Jamal Murray. Um, can't deny that one. He has really struggled to put it together. He had a hamstring injury in preseason. He hurt his ankle on opening night. And he is the 228th ranked player in category leagues this season. 161st in points leagues. Like, there is absolutely no denying that that is poor. He's averaging just 20 fantasy points per game behind such luminaries as James Wiseman, Eric Gordon, Tyus Jones, Grayson Allen, Malik Monk. Um, we know he's coming back from an ACL injury. The minutes are going to hit 30 really soon. I feel pretty confident in that. He's averaging 12 points, 2.7 rebounds, and 2.3 assists. So there's your number one thing. Jamal Murray is not going to go through this season averaging 2.3 assists. That is going to improve. He's also not going to be a 37.8% field goal shooter. Now, often it happens to players returning from ACL injuries that their field goal percentage does drop. It, it does, especially early on as they get their legs back under them and get confidence in all that sort of stuff. But one other thing that I, I do need to highlight to everybody is that the two, the biggest influences in players' rankings over short periods of time is three-point percentage because it influences field goal percentage, scoring, and three-point is made. The next best um, contributor there are the, the two percentages combined, field goals and free throws, because they influence each other they sorry, field goal percentage means field goal percentage and points and free throw percentage means points as well. And the other one is steals because they wildly fluctuate game to game, week to week, season to season. So you see those things change or have a massive impact. And Murray is not only shooting 37.8% from the field, but he's also at 57% from the line. He's hitting 40% of his twos and only 2.3 assists. Every single one of those numbers is going to go up. And I can say that with 99.9% confidence that every one of those is going to come up. Now, is Murray going to be awesome this season? I'm not sure. I feel good about him being a top 100 player. So when we talk about a buy low for Jamal Murray, it's not sending your 70th best player to get him back at peak at number 70. It's about sending your two worst. It's about seeing if someone panics. And if they don't, if they're smart managers, they won't do anything about it. But... Look for the guy who's got Jamal Murray, who's got the trigger finger, who's already executed the trades. Throw the guy who's outperforming, who's probably going to end up being a waiver wire go. sky guy later on, spoiler alert, maybe you throw an Ayo Dasumu in a trade for Jamal Murray. A guy that's outperforming versus a guy that's underperforming. When at the moment, it looks like you're getting a massive steal. getting um, You're getting Dasumu now because of how well he's playing. That's the sort of move you make. To me, Jamal Murray is a top 75, top 80 guy. So you don't send a guy projected to be top 70, top 80 in a trade. You send a guy to be 110, 120, two top 130 players and try and get Murray. And if it doesn't work, oh well. And if you've got Jamal Murray, you sit on him and you go, I know this is going to improve. That is just how all of this stuff happens. It also happens that LinkedIn is the best place for you to go to get people to hire for your business. It's one of the biggest costs. In fact, staffing is the biggest cost small businesses have to incur and getting it wrong can be disastrous. So you wanna go to the place that makes sure you get the right and the best qualified candidates for your job. And that is LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I used to do a lot of hiring in my previous life as a pharmacist and it was a nightmare trying to sort through resumes. Who's the guy that's gonna fit this job? Which person's gonna be the right person here? Oh my God, this is annoying, right? But if I had LinkedIn, I could have just created the job. I would have gone in and added the hashtag, the purple hashtag hiring frame to my profile. And I would have spread that word that I am hiring. Simple tools like the screening questions, that make it easy to find the candidates that you need for your position right now. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. it has got another point guard. it has got a Philadelphia. Tangles. Tyrese Maxey. I think if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know what I'm going to say, or you you know what I said in the preseason. I'm really worried about how the usage looks if he doesn't hit, what the production looks like if he doesn't hit 48% of his threes next to James Harden. If he's not putting up otherworldly type efficiency numbers, is he actually good? And his ADP was fifty-five, which I thought was probably a little bit higher. To me, he was in the 70s. And I've got him, yeah, I've got him projected at like 70 rest of season from here on out. He the minutes are absolutely fine. 37 minutes a night. But he's 155th in category leagues, 118th in points leagues. It's not going to cut it for a guy you picked in round five. He's averaging just 25 fantasy points behind John Wall, Monte Morris, the aforementioned Io Desumu. Isaiah Hartenstein, Trey Murphy. Like, it's a struggle. But why? Because he's averaging 17 points per game. Now, a lot of people thought he'd be a 22, 23 point per game scorer, an all-star, the second best player in the Sixers, which is blatantly false at the moment. Like, he's he's not even close to that. Because James Harden's been awesome. James Harden's actually been their best player so far. Um, But there is hope to think that he gets better. Now, he's not a big rebounder or assist guy. He's only averaging two rebounds. That is a putrid number is a pitifully low number. While I don't expect him to be a six rebound player, two is not a number that is going to remain at that level. Last season, he averaged 3.2. And while that's not a big difference, it's actually a 50% increase. He also averaged last season um, 4.3 assists, and he's at 2.8 this season. And we know that Harden's going to dominate that ball. Um, and I do think that some of his assist numbers rise a little bit, but... Yeah, does it go from three to four again? That is a thirty-three percent increase. And the thing that we worried about was what happens if the threes don't go in is happening. He was a forty-three percent three-point shooter last year, bumped to forty-six, I think it was when Harden arrived. It was never going to stay there. Never, absolutely never, no chance. He's at thirty-three percent this year. Like this is going to come up. I, I can assure you of that. While I'm not, the, I'm not su- supremely confident. In Maxi being an elite 42% guy, he did it for one year and was bad prior to that. I'm fairly confident he's better than 33. He's also um, going at like three percentage points, a lot worse on his two-pointers. He's at under 49% there. And last season, he hit 87% of his free throws. He also hit 87% of his free throws as a rookie, and he's at 75%. So he goes from a big positive in free throws to actually a negative in free throws. The minutes are there. The usage is at 22. It's higher than last season. Last season, he had a usage of 19. His usage is higher. The shots just need to fall. And even if they don't fall to the same level of last season, there's big improvements still coming. So, well, I've got Maxi again in that 70 range like Murray. He's struggling. You throw the two lower guys out there, you probably don't get it. But the narrative can be there. Well, it's hardening and Embiid. Maxi sits on the side. People won't dig in and look at usage percentage or two-point percentage. They won't look at that necessarily. They'll just go, oh, he's only giving me 25 fantasy points. Why? I don't know. He's giving me 25 fantasy points because Harden's doing everything. When it's not that hard, Maxi's getting the shots. They just need to go in. Like he's getting more shots than last season. They just need to go in and get me one more rebound, one more assist. That's an extra two and a half fantasy points right there. Almost three fantasy points right there. Hit one extra shot per game, one extra three per game. And you already jumped up five fantasy points, six fantasy points. It's not that hard to get there. And you know, you did the three rebounds, the four assists, the 37% threes, the 80% from the line, all that bumps you 20, 30, 40 spots in category leagues really simply as well. It's not a hard equation to get there. That's why if you've got Tyrese Maxey, you don't trade because you can see the pathway, but you just hope the person who does have Maxey in your league doesn't. And they've panicked. But if you can't do it, you can't do it. Let's go to the next guy. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. People are dropping Kyle Lowry. I think that's crazy, really. Um, I know it's been really bad. Like it, it has not been a good start to the season for Lowry at all. He had his struggles last season as well. By the way, his struggles last season involved him finishing 50th in Fantasy League. So, yeah, be aware of that before you go, Oh, he's washed. He's been shootouts for two years. All right, he was still pretty useful. Um, I still think that he's in that 80 to 90 range of players this season, but he's 134th in category leagues so far this year, 123rd in points leagues, averaging just 24.7 fantasy points. That's marginally ahead of Precious Stewart. It's behind Mason Plumley. It's behind Marcus Morris. It's not really that good. So why do I have confidence in what Lowry is going to do? Well, it's really, really simple. He's shooting 28% from the field. And I, I can tell you that he's 36, th- going to be 37 in a few months. And he might have dropped off, and he might not ever be a great shooter. But if he's going to shoot 28% continually, he'd just be out of the league. It's simple as that. Now, his usage is a little bit troubling at 16%, but 28%, which is 28% from three, and a staggering 28.6% from two, Like those numbers are going to come up. The 4.5 assists as well, that can easily hit six. Right. This is not, old. This is not top 50 Kyle Lowry like last season. It's top 80, top 90. But he's averaging 10.8, 3.5, 4.5. Of that 10.8, so what's he averaging per game here? Let's have a look. He's get 2.8 field goals made per game. 2.8. That is all he is making per game out of 9.8 attempts. So if he gets to 3.8 field goals, and let's say that field goals are 3, the 10.8 points becomes 13.8 points. The 1.8 threes becomes 2.8 threes. So then you go 13.8, 3.5, 4.5. Say 13.8, 3.5, 5.5 assists if that bumps up. And then you're just sitting pretty. It's all it is. He's massive, massive negative in his field goal percentage. And then that impacts his three-point is made and it impacts his points. His minutes are fine. He's going to get better than this. Don't drop him. It's going to get better. Ah, yes. Goose. 127th in Category Leagues, Anthony Edwards, 62nd in Points Leagues. He was People wasted a second-round pick on him. And I say wasted because it was a waste. It wasn't necessary to take him in the top 20. It was silly. It made no sense. Um, I said that millions of times at the time. He's averaging 33 fantasy points. It's not, it's not terrible. But why is he so bad in Category Leagues at the moment? Why is he outside the top 120? It's really, really simple. A, he's had one steal in four games. Like, you hope for 1.3 a game. He's had one. Steals will come. They will come. He'll also box some more shots. I'm guessing he's had one of those in four games. That hurts. He's averaging 20 points, 8.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Now, I could look at those assists and say probably a little bit of a bump happening there. He's shooting 53% from the line on eight attempts per game. Sorry, 3.8 attempts per game. 53% from the line. He is not an elite free throw shooter, but he's a mid to high 70s guy who can push to 80. All right, there's number one. He's at 43% from the field, including 26% from three. These are obvious, obvious things. Do not panic on Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, I still think, is going to be a top 30 player. I think he's going to be a top 30 player. But at the moment, he's nowhere near that. Usage is fine. Rebounds are above expectation. It's just that the percentages are way off, and he can't get any defensive stats. And that is going to change. The last buy low or underperforming player. Actually, back back to Edwards for a second because I didn't tell you what to do with him. You just throw any top 80 guy, top 75 guy. That's what I would do on him because I'm viewing him as a pretty clear top 50. I wouldn't want to throw a top 40 player because there is a chance that maybe the weird situation with Gobert arriving does hurt and maybe he is one of those players who inexplicably forgets how to shoot free throws. That could happen. It's happened to lots of players. So you don't go anywhere near what his actual value could be. You go somewhere in between his actual value of top 30, his current value of top 120. It's a 70 guy, 80 guy and see what happens. Mix it up. Let's go back to Franz Wagner. I don't even know if I played the sound. I'll do it anyway. Um, he's 119th in Category Leagues, 91st in Points Leagues. We had somewhat of a worry heading into the season. Well, maybe the upside gets a little bit capped by Paolo having the ball. And I think that's been true to a degree. And I look at what France has done where he is outside the top 100, which is sort of in line with where he was last season. He's playing 35 minutes a night, so that's a positive. He's averaging 15, 6, and 4. They're not bad numbers. He hasn't blocked a shot. That's fine. But he's hitting 24% of his threes. There you go. There's easy. Right, 24% of threes. Become a 37% three point shooter. And the 1.3 threes he's making a game becomes 2.3 threes, becomes instead of 15 points, becomes 18 points. Then it's 18, 6, and 4. And you go, ah, I'm happy with that. That is literally all it takes for France to go from 119th to 80th. It's all it takes. One three a game. One extra three a game. Instead of twenty-three percent, thirty-seven percent. That is all it takes. He's also never getting to the line he's had in four games six free throw attempts he should be able to get four to five per game he's doing a little bit more spot up stuff with Palo on the ball but I don't think he's going to stick at 1.5 attempts per game I think we should still be looking at him as a top 75 player top 80 player but throw around 10 round 9 player at him and see if they bite that's going to improve 41.7 field goal 23.8 23.8 three-point percentage, 1.2 free throws. He's got minutes, he's got usage, he's got four assists a game. Can't ask for too much more than that, I don't think. We'll talk sell highs in just a second. Before we do that, though, I'm going to tell you that line is the number one source for football betting and basketball betting now that the season has started. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, Podcast an in-depth analysis on every game. We've got the next week of the NFL up, including Thursday night football. Baltimore at Tampa Bay. Let's go Lamar. The Ravens are one and a half point favorites. I don't know why it's only one and a half points, but who am I? I'm not bet online. Baltimore. Favorites, one and a half. The total, 45 and a half. But every game is available over there. with The Dolphins, we're, there we are. We're back. Two is back. Dolphins are back. We're three-point favorites against the Lions. And you can check all of that out over at betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the Major League Baseball World Series, the start of the NHL season, boxing, MMA, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go sell high. Let's look at Andy Wiggins. It's a really easy one. He's 22nd in categories. He's 23rd in points leagues. The number one thing that you might hear from people who are touting this is not a sell high, well, he's just carrying over his form from the playoffs. And to a degree, I agree. The rebounds, we were like, hmm, I wonder if his newfound um, attitude of trying will carry over. And you know what? It has. He's averaging 22 and 6. One thing that will not stick is 2.3 steals and 1.3 blocks. He is a really good defender. Those are historic numbers. He won't continue to do that. He is still struggling from the free throw line, 70%. That's better than where he was. But he's also hitting 52% from the field. Now, I think Wiggins can improve his Category League rank from where he was last season. I think Points leagues he was like 70th. And I think he can improve on uh, on that this season. Um, But those numbers... They're just really hard to imagine him averaging that. And steals are a massive influencer on ranks. If he goes back to a really solid number of 1.5, you drop 40 spots, basically. And 1.3 blocks becomes 0.9 blocks or one block. You drop a lot. Like these are big numbers. And they're big numbers in the fantasy ranking area. But 2.3 versus 1.3, it's not that big of a difference in per game production but it makes such a huge difference in fantasy numbers. So if you've got Wiggins, you try for a top 40 player. You might not get it, but like if I had the opportunity to trade Andrew Wiggins, who was on my team for Anthony Edwards, I would do Edwards. I would take Edwards every time, even though they're a hundred spots apart in rankings. And even then, that's you could probably even pull off a better sell high than that. Yeah, Wiggins might be top 70 this season. That's possible. But it's fueled so much by this high shooting and high defensive stats that he's putting up. Another one that is fueled by high defensive stats is Brook Lopez, who's 38th in Category Leagues, 57th in Points Leagues. Now, he was someone, admittedly, I wasn't that interested in. I didn't really want to draft him. I thought, okay, well, we can get him in round 11 or 12, but where's the upside? Well, apparently I'm stupid because the upside is a top 40 player, allegedly. It's not, though. He's 38th in those categories, 57th in points leagues. How? Well, it's 3.5 blocks. It is as simple as that. It's 3.5 blocks. Brook Lopez is not even shooting very well. He's at 39 from the field and 50 from the line. So they can improve, but they don't offset 3.5 blocks. He's probably at best a two block per game guy. And even that is a stretch. I think he's been at like 1.5, 1.6 the last few years. I don't think Budenholzer's has changed his scheme that dramatically to make him block this many shots. Um the 30 minutes is nice, it's a surprise. The 13 points I actually have been projected for more than 13 points per game. But it's the 3.5 blocks. It's really, that's it. And while these numbers aren't high, one steal and 1.5 assist. This is a guy that's like 0.6 steals, 0.7 assists. And you, you look at those and, okay, I got one and a half assists or 0.7. who cares? It's double. It is double. And all those things add 10 ranking spots, 15 ranking spots. If you go from one steal to 0.6 steals, 1.5 assists to 0.7 assists, 3.5 blocks to 1.5 blocks, you're the 110th best player. So any top 60 player I could get for Brook Lopez, top 75 player I could get for shit, top 80 player I could get for Brook Lopez, I'd do it in a heartbeat. There's just a ton of unsustainability about what he's producing. And you want to talk unsustainability, let's talk about the Basmati man, Royce O'Neal. 57th in category leagues, 80th in points leagues. Royce is averaging 30 fantasy points per game. That's just marginally behind Jared Allen. It's ahead of Scotland Barnes. It's ahead of the aforementioned Anthony Simons. It's ahead of Jalen Smith and Bam Adebayo and Maga Porter Jr. and Franz Wagner. It's ahead of a lot of people, man. It's ahead of Jordan Poole. And he's Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. So what is going to change? I'm telling you what's going to change. He's not going to average two steals and two blocks per game. I think he's going to lose some minutes when Seth Curry and Joe Harris ramp up. He might not even start long-term. But I have seen Royce O'Neal play. I have seen Royce O'Neal with his eight points per game play before, which is what he's averaging. It's two steals and two blocks that is fueling everything ranking-wise about him. To me, he is a back-end roster guy. If I could get any top 100 player in a trade for Royce O'Neal, I would do it in an absolute heartbeat. He's playing 36 minutes a night and I am not convinced he sticks at anywhere near that level, again, with Seth and with um, um, Joe Harris returning. Like, he's a 36% three-point shooter this season. He's taking solid amount of attempts, 4.7 attempts per game. But really, it's the steals, it's blocks. He's also getting 3.3 assists and he's been a two assists per game player. I don't see how any of that stuff sticks at all. Let's go to Detroit. I like Boyan Bogdanovich. I don't think he's the 70th best player, which is what he currently is this season. He's 93rd in points leagues. So there's a couple of things here. It's really 50% from three. Like he's a good three-point shooter, but as we will always say, or I will say, and I hopefully you absorb, going from 50% to 41%, still an unbelievable three-point shooter, is a gigantic difference. It's just, it's huge. You hit three out of six threes a game. That's great. You hit 2.5 threes. It's still good. It's not as good. And it loses that value. It's 1.5 points off your points. Your field goal percentage drops. He's hitting 49% field goals. He's like a 44 guy. He's a player that's in the 110s, hundreds maybe. Best case scenario, 90th. Best case, he's 70th and 93rd in points leagues. On the back of hitting threes at an astonishing rate. And he's going to go through stretches. He might, he might be a 42% three-point guy this year. He won't be a 50% player. And that is going to cause a lot of drop-off in what he does. And the assists are 2.7. It's not that high, but he's like a two-assist player usually. He's not normally going to get those numbers. And the last one, we go to Chicago for Io Dasumu. He's 83rd in category leagues, 112th in points leagues. And I talked a little bit about him yesterday because it, it, I was, it sounded dumb. I said, hey, I would drop him. And then he went out and had a huge game. Right, and that, that happens in fantasy, and I'll, I'll wear that. And I am much lower on IO than a lot of other players, a lot of other people, and that's totally fine. He is their starting point guard, sure. Right, um, he's averaging almost 13 points per game, five rebounds, and three assists. I do not trust that he, at 32 minutes a game, which is probably more close, going to be closer to 30-31, with Caruso, Dragic, White, Levine, DeRozan all cutting into his minutes. I do not trust that a sub-15% usage player is going to maintain this value, hitting 50% of his threes. He hasn't taken a single free throw so far this season. And last year, he was a big, decent negative in free throws. And when you're at such low usage, which is what he is, 14.8%, he takes 10 shots per game, right? And how many of those are threes? 4.5 of those are threes. And he's hitting 2.3 per game. If instead of getting 2.3 per game, he's at 1.5 threes per game, 34% three-point shooter, then that, that 12.8 points becomes 9.8 points. And then he's at 9.8, five and three. And you go, what am I doing? Like, what's the point of this? It's not worth it. He's just not getting enough volume of shots. And when you don't get a huge volume of shots and they go in at 50%, when they go in at 35%, the impact of that is magnified it becomes way bigger. If you could get any top 100 guy for Dasumu, I would do it without any hesitation. He's the 83rd in category. He's 112th in points leagues. In points leagues, he's, yeah, volume and usage is key in points leagues. And he doesn't get those things. To me, he's not really even a top um, 100 points league player. Yeah, you know, long-term. Yeah, obviously, he's not even that now. So... Yeah, well, we, we look at this and go, the three-point shooting just isn't realistic to stick, and it's taking up everything. It's it's making everything that he does useful. Under three assists per game, under 15% usage as a starting point guard, fueled entirely by 50% three-point shooting, and that was on the back of 90% shooting in yesterday's game. 90 and it's again, if you just look at the stat line, go, look what he did, he killed it. Yeah, but there's absolutely no basis in reality for that even remaining close to what he's going to be able to do. So if you can get a top 100 player for Desumu, I th- I think you have to do it. Like I-, I don't see how he's going to be able to maintain this level of production really at all. His three games this year, 17-6-4 in 36 minutes with Levine out, on fifty percent shooting, then seven five and two on thirty three percent, five four and three on twenty nine percent, and then twenty two six and two on ninety percent. Alright. it's there's just and he has his highest usage has been under eighteen. It's seventeen point seven in that first game without Levine. He is just a steady as she goes guy that is never going to be aggressive with demanding shots. And he's going to sort of sit around and have the occasional good game like that fueled by shooting, which has zero reality of sticking. Just ne- it's never going to stick. Am I down on Desumu? Yeah. Am I irrationally down? Some might say yes as well. But anyway, that's it. Let me know what you think about this. You can discuss in the chat or in the comments. Who should I trade and do all of this sort of stuff? Again, I'm not going to give you specific names for a lot of these guys because again, I think it's counterintuitive. And I just want to give you the reasonings and ideas behind how I'm viewing these players. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are on YouTube, you thumb it up. You leave your comments and you subscribe. Guys, we are done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.